0: Your clothes need a detergent as active as you are. wind sports detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from your workout wearer so it feels, and perhaps more importantly, smells fresh as new. Save 20% off any Wynn products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N.
1: Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. Happy New Year, Sarah. I know we're, we're only two weeks into the new year, but um, it feels a little lame at this point to wish you Happy New Year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm spreading it out. Uh, Phoebe looked at me yesterday when uh, we were going uh, checking leaving a um, parking lot and we had to give the car to the attendant. And I said, Oh, happy new year. Phoebe's like, like, mom, why are you so nice to people? And why are you still saying that? And I was like, Hey, keep it going. Keep Dude. It going.
1: It's only like seven. I mean, out of 366, cause it's a leap year. I mean, you know, 14 uh, no. is, a, you know, it still warrants a, a little HNY, right? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Well, and the new year is going to be great for both of us. Like at least the first half, um, cause mm-hmm. it's going to be focused on training, right? Like I racing. <laughs> uh, well, look at us. Well, I'm something to talk
0: about on the year-end review podcast for <laughs> AMR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have rededicated yourself to hard work because of your goal.
1: Well, yes. I wrote a little post about it in the AMR newsletter, um, which we will have a link to subscribe. I realized um, someone mentioned it in like the Many Happy Miles app. And mm. um, people don't know that they can subscribe to the newsletter. So we got to remember to put a link in the show notes to how to subscribe oh, yes. to the AMR newsletter. All right. Please yeah. and thank you, Sarah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I wrote a little thing about it. Well, because I did, I did the Many Happy Miles workout um, on, well, was, Tuesday, was it Tuesday? No, it was Monday. It was Monday. And um, it was 10 times, two minutes on, two minutes off. And the two minutes on was supposed to be at 5K pace. So that's a pretty challenging workout for sure. Yes, yes. Um, and, um, and I was like, okay, I'll do it on the bike. And um, it's, I guess it's the first time that I've sat down and had a workout to do, um, to complete, like in over a year right like mm-hmm. that that said that had that had certain things that you know parameters around it mm-hmm. um because my last real race was like an, you know a year ago august that swim run so that when i set out to do that and the grand canyon i mean i definitely trained hard like don't get me wrong i definitely worked and i was out mm-hmm. there for lots mm-hmm. of hours but it was never like fast miles, slow miles, swim this pace or swim this distance. It was always just for time, right? It was about enjoyment mm-hmm. and making sure that I could go the distance and and love mm-hmm. the adventure of it all. And mm-hmm. so to, um, it felt really novel, I gotta say, to be like, <laughs> wow, this is my workout and this is, in, you know, and of course, you know, in many happy miles and in any workout, if you're not feeling it and it's not, you know, something doesn't feel right, you should, not just power on through but i knew that the only thing that didn't feel right was my head because this is the first uh. time that i've you know done it so yeah so it was fun and i'm i mean i am excited i'm a little, you know, throw up in my mouthy about it. Um, I called, uh, I called the, um, I, I think I mentioned it on the year end podcast that we're going to, we Grant and I are going to do um, some cycling classes together. And oh, okay. I was talking to the owner and you do them with a compu trainer, which basically like um, if people don't know, it basically allows you to do a ride. Like you could ride a, a stage of the Tour de France, but then like it shifts your bike for you um oh. based on the difficulty so you go uphill and downhill and stuff like that so it's kind of fun it throws in a little variety if
0: you had an iFit on a Nordic track bike, you'd be able to do that. That's exactly what iFit does. Awesome. So, yeah. yeah awesome.
1: You can, well, I don't have yeah. that. I, you know, yeah. <laughs> put on the Christmas list for next year. Um, yeah. well, and it's also good, um, to ride my own bike, right. And to get, yeah. that's the other part about hard training <laughs> It's like you're sitting in the bike seat two or three days in a row and you haven't done that in a while. That's going to, that's going to be a little sensitive. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I called her and, and, uh, I was talking to her. Her name is Kathy and, um, and she's like, Yeah, well, we'll just put in your FTP. Um, you know, you can just, you know, what's, you know, I'll just take your last reading. And I'm like, What FTP? Like, what is even that? You know? And I was like, I'm like, Kathy, you got to know, like, even though I work in endurance sports, like, it's been a long time since I've worked hard on the bike, you okay. know? And uh, it's, it's um, I think it's functional well, and, threshold power, in case you, uh, you may yeah. already know that. But,
0: and, but also, don't you feel that bike is a whole nother realm other than running? You know, you are well versed as a running coach and all the, lingo and the ideas behind running, but, and while cycling is endurance, I mean, it seems it has its own.
1: Oh yeah. Subculture. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And there is, I mean, instead of, I mean, power, right. So you measure power instead of Mm -hmm. speed or, um, You know, or you know, your your splits, I guess. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but I don't have a power meter, and I don't want to have a power (laughs) meter. (laughs) I had one way back in the day. No, thank um, you. No, thank you. So anyway, so that's um, so that's kind of yeah. So I mean, yes, I'm ready to work hard. I'm also ready to, you know, be smart about my training. But really, more than anything, I'm ready to kind of um, just you know, kind of push myself a little bit and, and work towards something, um, really fun and challenging at the same time. I mean, I think that's why a lot of us train.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you're going to
1: embrace the goal embrace, embrace the, the goal, goal. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. so yeah. yeah when does your training for missoula start
0: so i'm running missoula marathon june 28th and doing the 20-week heart and soul marathon level two plan um, with the coach's blessings and so that to answer your question uh kicks off on Uh, February Monday, February 10th, when we will be in Rancho La Puerta. So
1: (laughs) maybe do it on maybe do it on uh, oh well you know what you can have a little grace. It's a 20-week program so you could have a little grace. Well
0: well, and also because that first day of the program is a rest day I'm like, no I'm going to be at Rancho La Puerta. I'm going to be doing like 17 classes and you know a hike or a run or something. So yeah I so the first three days will be a little modification. And then actually I'm doing uh, I'm fair I'm about to say I'm ninety percent certain I'm going to do the half marathon at our inaugural women run at the Hilton Head retreat, which I talked about um, on a podcast I think might not have aired by the time this one comes out that uh, is open to anyone so anyone can come over to Hilton Head Island and join us for Women Run Um, you don't have to be part of the retreat to do it so um, and we have 5k quarter marathon which is basically like a 10k um, uh, half marathon relay and then half marathon and I asked coach Jen Harrison if she thought it would be okay if I did the half marathon it would be three weeks into my marathon training and she gave me some pointers on what to do with my long run but she said she thought i'd be fine Sweet. so i think i'm to do that yeah so two imagine that activity two races in one year two races so. in one year yay, <laughs> yeah yay. yeah 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 so i think it's gonna be super fun
1: well and i should call into amr answers with why quarter marathon instead of 10k but instead i think we've got a good question from shannon in germany that we should kick it off <laughs> yes <laughs>
2: Hi, this is Shannon. I'm calling from Germany, and I love your podcast. My question is about (laughs) treadmill running. Uh, My husband did a lot of training on a treadmill for a race, and as a result, I think, uh, received a stress fracture, and it has kind of freaked me out about treadmill training, but I have a end of February marathon, And I am trying to get my head around the necessity of treadmill running. And I'm wondering if you have a recommendation on the top amount of mileage that you would recommend um, for someone to run on a treadmill. I'll eventually be able to go back to a road, but a lot of my runs will need to be, my long runs will need to be on a treadmill.
0: Thanks so much. Thanks for uh, speaking to me here in Germany. All right. Demo. I'm assuming that you think it's fine to do majority of training on treadmill. And because, um, I really think that her hubby's injury, I think that's confusing the picture. I don't think that, I don't think that 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 it's that's the herring that's been thrown (laughs) into the situation. I think that was most likely due to something else.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's definitely stress fractures. Um, when you're training for a marathon, depending upon the level of the runner and a bunch of other things are, pretty commonplace, right? So um, mm-hmm. so I wouldn't say that the treadmill is the culprit there. Um, I definitely feel like the treadmill is a, a nice place to land um, for marathon training, especially, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why it's a good thing. It is a softer surface than the road. So that mm-hmm. is um, yes. actually beneficial for your feet and your joints. Um, it is uh, really good mental training. <laughs> so <laughs> sure, when you, yeah. you know, especially if you can do, you know, if you're going to do the longer runs on there, you know, that is, some serious dedication and some grit getting through them. So I would uh, definitely recommend not always being on a device during everything. Um, I mean, I'm not saying on a 20 mile run, you don't get to listen or watch anything, but I would take, you know, two or three miles um, in the middle of one of those longer runs and turn it off. Um, Or if you're at the gym, you know, I know you can't turn off the TVs in front of you, but really focus on the running sensation and your kind of your physical body and your mentality, just because that's, you know, there's a little bit about tuning out, which is good for most of the time on the treadmill, but it's also good to tune in. Um, mm-hmm. So you have an idea about what it feels like, what you're feeling like physically. Yeah. Um, and it
0: help, helps you get through those in, inevitable lulls that will hit you, the, the lows that will hit you during a marathon. So knowing that you can summon up some inner strength and to pull yourself out of those mental slumps is always a good, good skill to be honing. So that's a good idea to do that on a treadmill Absolutely. advance. Yeah. Yeah. So, and um, so reading listening to this question, I thought about the four women that we'd interviewed on our recent, how to love running on a treadmill podcast. And because those women did train for numerous um, races, including I uh, emailed Brooke who was on that. She just qualified for Boston at her in her fourth marathon in a year. And she told me that she did about half her training runs on a treadmill and that she thinks that she probably would have gotten an injury if she'd done all those miles out on the road. So oh, that's, that good.
1: The tra- that's a good perspective.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. And um, so she said she likes to sprinkle in some non road miles as well on the trail when she runs outside. So she really kind of makes mix up, mixes up the surfaces a bit, but um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, those women all, um, have seen great results from training for a marathon on a treadmill. So Shannon, I think you're in good, good shape to do
1: that. Yeah. And if you do feel, I mean, the stress fracture is, it's one of those things that tends to come on very, very slowly. It's not like all of a sudden your foot or, or shin or whatever is fine. And then all of a sudden it's fractured, right? <laughs> That's more of like a trip on the road or something like that, that happens. Uh-huh. So if you do feel twinges, I mean, anywhere, you know you know, that's definitely something to look into. And that is, mm-hmm. again, more about running and training overall, the overall mileage that you're putting in for the marathon and not necessarily doing that on a treadmill. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. So this is a semi-related question. It comes from Pam in Northfield, Minnesota.
3: Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Pam calling from Northfield, Minnesota. I am signed up for Boston 2020, and this will be my first, uh, my fifth marathon, but my first one so early in the spring. I do have some good cross-training options. I swim and I also cross-country ski, but I'm trying to think about how to get through the hard winter months and make sure I still have enough actual running miles under my feet um, in time for April. I've done all kinds of different um, plans in the past, including hiring a coach once, but I don't think I can afford to hire a coach this time and I'm trying to think about what plans out there might allow for a fair amount of uh, cross training in order to get ready for that marathon. So would love any advice you all might have and others who might have, um, experience with getting through winter, winter marathon training. Thanks. Bye. So
0: coach Dimity, I want you to chime in about how much cross training she can get away with. you know, I'd say my two cents would be um, for a marathon as challenging as Boston. It seems to me that she ought to run at least four days a week.
1: Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that that's a minimum. Yeah. Because of the distance, and because of the challenging course. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and, but I definitely think cross-country skiing is a really nice uh, substitute for running. Um, yeah. And um, swimming is as well. I mean, swimming can really increase your fitness if you are, Um, You know, pretty efficient swimmer and uh, can spend some time in the pool racking up some some laps. Um, Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I would, you know, so the you know, if you want a plan, um, I was looking in the go the the distance plan. Twenty six point two and train like a mother club is a pretty good. I mean, it's a very good solid plan that um, has four days of running on it one to two days of cross training, a rest day every week. There's one, a couple of weeks that have a fifth day of running, but you could easily sub in um, a cross country ski that day instead. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that would be my recommendation. If you're looking for a plan, Pam.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so then once again, hearing Pam's question, I thought of people who could help us answer it <laughs> and um, thought of our Bam ambassador Kristen Jeanette, who lives in uh, Minnesota a little closer to the twin cities and she ran Boston last year. And so um, Kristen is always um, willing to give advice and share the knowledge that she's built up. So here are four tips from Kristen. And so, Tim, let's,
1: um, well, let's take turns reading the advice. <laughs> okay, can I start?
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, yeah the good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> acknowledging
1: that training through a Minnesota winter is likely going to suck. But if you are, you know, from Northfield, you know that Minnesota winters can be long and a little cold. Um, mm-hmm. But realize that, you know, doing that um, makes for a race day that just feels glorious and gives you a lot of mental grit. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's like training through the summer. For that fall race. I mean, both the training cycles are hard because the weather is not, not ideal. And so you Mm -hmm. come out on race day and hopefully don't have a Boston like you had, Sarah, and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and have (laughs) a beautiful weather and feel good and and all that. So Mm -hmm. just know that Minnesota is, is, you know, kind of covertly on your side, even though it may not feel like it. (laughs) and and as Kristen typed
0: embrace the suck i love that um so and Kristen points out that um she had a very demanding winter last winter to train in so if if this year is anything like that that um pam you ought to be ready to log a lot of treadmill miles that's why i said this question's kind of related Mm -hmm. um so to make your peace with that from the start embrace that along with the suck (laughs) and um find you know a few good shows or to watch podcasts to listen to and as dim said occasionally turn them off and um focus inward and um find that inner strength
1: that yeah have. and i'm also curious what kind of um cross-country skier she mm. is um because i mean i would also say i would i mean you can't do it i would say every fifth or sixth long run, um, you can Mm -hmm. maybe do on cross country skis and do it like, um, on the cutback weeks, you know, you're not going to want to do the 16 miler on your cross country skis, but go do 16 miles, the long run. And then maybe the next week has nine or 10, Mm -hmm. uh, because Mm -hmm. it's, you know, a a recovery week and Mm -hmm. I see no harm again, if she doesn't have many goals for Boston, she has not said this, but, um, kind of given her question, I feel like she's going there to experience the whole day and the whole 26.2 miles and not necessarily rip it up. And so, if that's her, you know, if that is the mentality. Then I say, you know, take some of those long runs and take them outside on your skis and, and, and embrace it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's lots of
0: hugging there in Northfield, Minnesota. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're number three down. Oh, I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Uh, make sure to do the hill work in your training. Um, uh, work the inclines. If you're on the treadmill, um, if you're running outside, um, use the hills that you have in Northfield. Um, she says you're lucky to have them. <laughs> so, um, of course, always be safe if it's snow or snowy or icy, you know, um, you know, definitely have um, something on your feet, like, yeah, tracks or something like that. We don't want you, um, breaking your ankle. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And, um, uh, Kristen wanted to remind Pam that and anybody else who's training out there, um, in the dark and the ice and the cold and the snow, um, that you should remind yourself each and every time, uh, if you're like Pam, I'm training for the Boston freaking marathon and every step of the training is worth it. So <laughs> totally,
1: totally. And the good news is, is, I mean, you know, so and the, the, the season's kind of, um, uh develop with the mentality right so as the training gets a little bit harder say like the end of march and early april um you know this the the sun is the sunrise is going to be there for you like the temperatures are going to start to warm up a little bit so it's a nice kind of parallel lines i guess (laughs) i don't know what the word is like synchronicity right so you know the 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 the, the conditions are on your side actually um because Mm -hmm. when you hit that mid lull you know you're actually going to be coming into better weather and not going into dark mornings and you know potentially snow as you would for training could potentially for like a November marathon.
0: Right exactly there's it's some uh inverse relationship as your training gets harder the hopefully the uh, mother nature will be getting kinder to you so it's we could we could draw some line if we had some graph paper. (laughs) (laughs) One of the questions we often get asked is how do I get the stink out of my workout wear? We hear you mother runner. After we work up a sweat, our athletic gear can reek. But stink be gone, we've found a solution. Win sports detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from workout wear so it feels and smells fresh as new. The key to win is how it lifts out oils. Let me take you through a bit of science. Wicking fabrics, like the ones most of us run in, attract oils. It's cruel irony that the very properties that allow synthetic fabrics to wick away moisture cause them to attract oils. Adding insult to injury, as bacteria from your skin consume these oils, they create gases, which give synthetics that telltale <clears throat> sweaty smell. Win for the win. The active ingredients in Win separate oils from synthetics. These oil-removing ingredients aren't found in most supermarket detergents. By removing oils, Win makes your apparel smell and perform like new. This is because, in addition to causing odor, these oils impede performance. By removing them, Win makes your apparel wick better and last longer. And it works on any stinky stuff in your laundry. Dimity uses it on her daughter's volleyball pads, and we both use it on the covers of our dog beds. Win stops stink in its tracks. Starting this month, a 1.5 ounce sample of Win is included in every order from our Mother Runner store. And you can save 20% off any Win products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is. A-M-R, go win, AMR G O W All right, this question is from Jen in Unadilla, New York. Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Jen from Unadilla, New York. I have a
3: question about relay racing. I'm running the Seneca 7 in April, and my part of the race is about the equivalent of a half marathon. So I'm wondering how I train for that. Do I train for a half? Um, I also have a half marathon that I would like to run three weeks before that, but I'm not sure that that's a good idea. I wanna be fast for this relay. So whatever advice you have would be awesome. I love your show.
0: Thank you, bye-bye. So another April race question. Woohoo, we must be coming into a new year. Yes. Um, so thought I should give a quick explainer for what the Seneca 7 is. Um, it's a one-day relay race that has seven members per team. The total distance of the race is 77.7 7 miles, and it has a 7 a.m. start. I love, I love the symmetry of that race. I love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, And if it sounds familiar to you, it's because our dear Adrian Martini, our columnist and occasional co host has participated in this race several times and she just sings
1: its praises. She loves it. Sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think, uh, Jen, I think a a half marathon training plan, I mean, would be spot on. Um, You know, something like if you, you mentioned that you want to run it fast. So um, either the crush it or the race it plan on the 13.1 traditional plans um, would be good or um, the half marathon level one heart and soul or two, depending upon where you are. Um, but I think any, any of the half marathon plans, uh, especially ones with an eye more towards speed would be a really nice choice for you.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess I would throw in there that she might want to consider doing a few two a day runs so that her legs get used to doing more than one run in a day. Mm -hmm.
1: Yep. Yep. I would definitely, I would take, uh, one of the longer runs or not more, actually more than one, probably depending upon how invested she is. (laughs) Um, at least tw- twice and maybe three times, um, take that longer run and split it up into two, you know, two segments and, um, mm-hmm. figure out how long you will typically have between your, um, segments with your team and the Seneca seven, and then space them out like that so that mm-hmm. you get used to that, um, running on tired legs because it's, it's easy to go fast on the first leg, second leg. I mean, I, I haven't done a one day race before, so, but I'm just going off the experience that we had with Ragnar. Mm -hmm. fresh and good on the first second one. Yeah, you're okay. But that third one, it's a long day, you know, so (laughs) kind of getting at least those first two really dialed and then having the third one, um, having the fitness to be able to produce um, the speed if you want it.
0: Yeah, I would say she does not have to sit in a van during the rest of the day, though, when she splits up those. Oh no, she doesn't.
1: No. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. It. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna finish at 11 a.m. and I run again at 3:30. So now I'm gonna sit in the back of my minivan and eat bad snacks until then. <laughs> Keep the windows
0: closed so it gets nice and stinky. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, that's yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So, and what's your thinking, Dim, about whether the three weeks in between that half marathon she's contemplating and Seneca Seven?
1: Oh, I think that's fine. I think as long as, you know, if, if, if the goal and the, and the true, you know, you really, you really do want to perform well at Seneca seven, then don't blow yourself out at the half marathon. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so, I mean, you kind of have to adjust your training a little bit too. Um, so, you know, if you do get on a train, like a mother plan, you know, um, one of the coaches can help you do that, or you can email us and we can help you do that, but let's, whatever you do, it's going to be more of a, uh, experience race slash endurance race, you know, just going the distance and not necessarily um, trying to set a PR or even kind of rip it up on the course. So um, yeah. that's definitely a possibility, but I want to, I want to make sure that she's got the right, because that's typically when you're going to head into a taper or coming up on taper week in one of the plans. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I, was, I guess I hadn't considered the, th- thought this through fully, but that, it would seem to me that um, if she decides to do that half marathon, shouldn't and she does a half marathon training plan for Seneca Seven, shouldn't the end date of her training plan should be Seneca Seven, yeah. not the half marathon.
1: Yeah, yeah. but then I'm looking. At, so three weeks before, I mean, that usually is your peak mileage, and especially yes. in mm-hmm. that in the in the race it and crush it plans and and the heart and soul plans, like that's going to be a long week. You know, that's that's yeah. going to be a long run. So it should be okay. But again, just want to kind of. Uh, cross the T's dot the I's, Jen, before you mm-hmm. um, before you sign up for both.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, we look forward to hearing details and look for Adrienne and her team of Bammers out there on the course. They will be there. Uh, yes, yes. So here the final question is uh, comes to us from Erin in a very rural part of Washington State.
4: Hi, Sarah and Dimity. This is Erin calling from Washington State way up in the northern central part of Washington State, middle of nowhere. Anyways, my question is, is it true that it can cause shin splints if you run in very terrain? One of my friends said this, and I really questioned it, because in this very rural, very middle of nowhere part of the world, I often run from trail to pavement to sidewalks. To uh, gravel and then back again to a dirt road so it's constant changing from one surface to another and she said that this can cause shin splints I've only been running for two and a half years I'm 53 and I'm very concerned about shin splints and if I can prevent them I I will try everything I can to do that but I, I really don't think it's true but I was wondering what you all thought. Could you please advise me? Thank you.
0: Bye. Okay, so I don't want to give old wives a bad rap because you know I'm I am one, um, but <laughs> I think I think this sounds like an old wives' tale to me. So um, I think we need to come up with the 21st century version of that phrase. But um, you know, shin splints happen from overuse with too much activity or increase in training, and so that. If you're doing a high impact activity like running, it would seem to me that varying your surfaces is almost a a remedy, a prescription for avoiding shin splints.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And um, like like switching back to our very first question with Brooke, who, you know, does some road miles, does some treadmill miles, does some trail miles. That's definitely um, a great plan to keep things mixed up on your body and actually mentally too, mm-hmm. <laughs> keep it interesting. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, shin splints again, and then this kind of goes with a second question as well about the the treadmill or was that the first question
0: about the stress uh, fracture?
1: Yeah. It goes with that first question still yeah. um, mm-hmm. about, you know, but, but um, yeah, shin splints don't necessarily come from the surfaces that you run on unless you're running on concrete all the time. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have mm-hmm. the shoes that don't support you and you know, that's, it's a pretty, you know, very X plus Y equals, Z, you know, very specific (laughs) um, situation. But uh, shin splints are caused from so many other things. Um, You know, weak or uh, tight lower legs, doing too much too quickly, um, not having the right shoes. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a bunch of different things. So um, if you're worried about shin splints, I mean, there's a couple things you can do. The first thing, um, which every runner should do, is foam roll, right? Foam Mm -hmm. roll your calves, foam roll your feet. you probably don't foam roll those. You probably roll those out on like a lacrosse ball or um, like the roll recovery little foot thing. Um, Or sole healers. Mm -hmm. Or sole healers. Yep. I'm like trying to think of all my feet tools I have. (laughs) I've got a lot of them. They work well, actually. They do work well. Um, You know, your quads, your hamstrings, your glutes. I mean, everything, the kinetic chain is, you know, your lower half is all connected. So definitely make sure that that is nice and loose And then there's some exercises you can find online that um, are typically for people who are recovering from shin splints, but there's no harm in doing them prior to it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, doing calf raises on um, a step or Mm -hmm. walking barefoot on your heels with your toes raised, stuff like that, that um, flexes that muscle and kind of primes it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because it is, you know, Aaron mentions that she's a, a fairly new runner she's at, at two and a half years. I, I would say that kind of is moving at her out of the new realm, but that we do hear from a lot of newbie runners that they get shin splints. And it seems like that it is a result of, you know, just being really enthusiastic and getting oh, out there and doing too much too soon. So I think just being cognizant of, you know, that 10% step up in your mileage, in your weekly mileage, it You know, that's a good rule to live by. And, and um, I used to work at walking magazine, Dimity, as you know, and boy, walkers get a lot of shin splints. And that's because, you know, the walking motion really kind of accentuates that heel raise, Mm -hmm. sorry, the the toe raise, the toe raise, you know, kind of rolling through on that. So um, it's, uh, it's more common among walkers, um, or avid walkers, perhaps than, um, than runners. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. And the PSA about that again um, is, you know, shin splints typically are not formed in one run, right? Or one (laughs) walk, right? So when you start to feel a little niggle, don't think, oh, it's just going to go away, right? Take Mm -hmm. a couple of days off, try again. If it's Mm -hmm. still bugging, like dive into it, right? Don't Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's going to be made better by doing the exact same thing over and over again. Like that's (laughs) the one thing that I think we runners have this sense of like, like, kind of weird thinking like, okay, my, you know, my left hip really hurts, but I'm just going to go for this run and it'll feel better. And it's like, "Mm, not really. No, (laughs) you know, I mean, if (laughs) if running is what hurts it all the time, continuing to run is not going to make it better. So again, with a stress fracture, with shin splints and stuff, just pull back. Cause if you pull back for just a little bit, then you're not going to be off, off, out of commission for three to four months.
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. You got to think, got to think long-term and take short-term action. How about that? Exactly.
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we would love if you would call in with your questions, that number is 470-BADASS-1. That is 470-223-2771. The phone doesn't ring anywhere. So you can call us anytime, day or night. It goes straight to voicemail. Please, once you get the voicemail, please leave your first name, tell us where you're
1: calling from. Keep your message to 90 seconds or less. Awesome. And then if you can tell your friends about this show, as well as our new show, AMR trains, Mm -hmm. um, which is uh, just came out last week was a debut episode. It now alternates on the the feed with this show. So basically every Tuesday you're going to have a new AMR episode, either AMR answers or AMR trains, which is a product of the train like a mother club and focuses not surprisingly on, um, on training and race reports and kind of fun, um, vicarious living on that in that respect.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you can find uh, as just like you find this show in your another mother runner feed, you'll find AMR trains there. I know some people yesterday were like, wait, wait, where do I find it? Where do I find it? So, um, and please, it is important to subscribe to our show and set it to auto download. So
1: then they'll just magically appear in wherever you listen to your podcasts. Nice. And whatever, whatever else you do, keep the questions coming because we are here with answers. Yes, ma'am.